I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. Greetings, beautiful ones. I hope you are doing amazing. Today's episode is a deep dive into the non-linear journey of healing. And anyone who has ever experienced any kind of healing journey can attest that it really is non-linear, myself included. Natalie Tor joins us to share her story of healing from Lyme disease and breast implant illness, which is something that I really only recently discovered is a thing. Natalie shares her explant experience, why she decided to remove her breast implants, and the tools and modalities that she discovered during her recovery process. We also discuss feminine energy, quantum healing, and questions to ask yourself if you are considering breast implants or considering a breast explant. Before we dive in, I wanted to shout out Inside Tracker for being incredible. Inside Tracker is an ultra personalized nutrition and wellness platform that analyzes data from your blood, your DNA, and your lifestyle to help you optimize your body and reach your goals. And as I shared last week, I chose their ultimate plan, which includes a blood draw to test for 43 total biomarkers, as well as an inner age test to know my current inner age. I found out that I'm actually really low in iron and my white blood cell count is also really low, which was very eye-opening for me. Out of 43 biomarkers, I only have five that I really need to work on, which is great because my magnesium levels, vitamin D levels, liver enzymes, and calcium levels are awesome. But my at-risk areas are a pretty big deal. So I'm very excited. I know now what I need to do and what I'm missing in my diet and my daily routine. And after meeting with one of their amazing nutrition specialists this week who recommended some additional changes and supplements, I'm going to be doing some new things to raise my white blood cell count and my iron levels. I feel really empowered knowing what is going on with my health and my body, and I will continue to keep you updated as I make these changes. I've included their link in the show notes. Go ahead and check them out. If you are interested in a package, it is 25% off with the code Dora Vandekamp. All right, my loves, enjoy the show. Hello, Natalie. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited and so honored that you've come to the show today. Um, You have been on an incredible journey. I've been so honored because I've gotten to witness a part of that journey. And it would just be amazing if you would share a little bit about the path that has led you to become the incredible mentor that you are today. 
Oh, thank you, Dora. Um, yeah, I, my path started at a really young age because I, uh, I had had like uh, childhood sexual trauma and that, that happened at like age four. So I feel like my nervous system was always on overdrive my whole life. And that turned into like me not being able to fight off like, like just illnesses like my brother could because we grew up in the exact same environment like eating the exact same foods and for some reason like I was always the one that got sick and I truly believe it's because like my nervous system was uh in overdrive for so many years like during the the prime years of, of when your brain and your whole body was developing um and so, yeah, I, we moved into this house whenever I was about 10 to 12 years old. Um, I think we moved out when I was 13, but my mom, my niece and I both developed Lyme disease there. But like I said, my brother Blake never got it. And um, yeah, it's just fascinating because to this day, like we've, we've lived very similar lives, like with our childhood, but he's drastically healthier than me but he he didn't have any trauma at all so I really believe that my me getting so sick is tied to like the nervous system and yeah wow how incredible that that manifested in such a way where now you can look back and you're like I can totally see why I was so open, right? Because your nervous system having those boundaries. So can you talk a little bit about why you feel like that, that traumatic event or that trauma kind of made you more susceptible to Lyme disease and then also like other illnesses? Yeah, I, I think it's because like, uh, like when you experience a trauma, you, part of you is in fight or flight and the other part is like in a, a really slowed down, like a frozen state. And so that causes like wear and tear on the system. And uh, I just feel like, yeah, like that's just like the perfect atmosphere for disease to, to grow. Mm. Like stress, <laughs> just living in stress. <laughs> Yeah. And in a way, I mean, we, in our culture, at least we talk about like PTSD, right? Like post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think that probably has a lot of different definitions and weight on that specific term, but it is interesting to think about like post-trauma, there is this stress and that creates disorder in the body and then also makes you more susceptible to outside energies right definitely yeah I uh I really feel like there's so much like there's PTSD which is like the PTSD we all think of with like war veterans and then there's complex PTSD and that is almost a little bit new in the psychology field because uh they're just now realizing how much how much we all kind of have trauma, you know, and um, there's like a great scale, you know, like there's, it's kind of like uh, your sexual identity, like there's so many different um, 
levels of trauma and layers and all this stuff. So yeah, the trauma, the trauma psychology and neuroscience is really, really starting to pick up and grow. And we're just learning more and more and more about the effects of trauma on the human body. Yeah. So you had Lyme disease since you were 13. And then what was that healing journey like for you? Because I know a lot of our listeners have struggled with Lyme disease or are still struggling with that. So maybe you can talk a little bit about your healing journey, because at this time you have healed from Lyme in a lot of ways, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So um, I remember whenever I turned 13, I had my first uh, cycle and I didn't go to the bathroom for like two weeks. And my mom was so freaked out and I was so just like, like really uncomfortable with my periods. Like my periods were really like a big deal. And so my mom took me to a doctor and I got diagnosed with uh, hypothyroidism. And um, then I started having like really intense episodes of depression and um, lots of anxiety and yeah, then I, I developed, like, I tested positive for rheumatoid arthritis uh, at, like, 15 or 16 years old and um, was on, like, Plaquenil and uh, muscle relaxers for that. And then I was also prescribed, like, depression medicine, but I never really took it because I didn't like the way it made me feel. Um, and then I was on, like, thyroid medicine as well. and yeah, I had no idea what Lyme disease was. And my mom was getting so sick as well. She was just in bed with so much pain all the time. And um, yeah, and so I would see homeopathic doctors. I would see uh, specialists and in, in the best in Houston. Houston has a really, um, for Western medicine, it has a lot of good doctors. Um, and then I went to Dr. Amen in California and he, um, he did, I think he studies like neuroscience and psychology and like holistic psychology. And he did this brain scan on my brain and it showed that I had like brain trauma. So yeah, it looked like, like, like something just like took a chip out of my, yeah, it was wild. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he kept asking me if I fell and I was like, no, I've never fallen. Um, but yeah, just like crazy things were happening. And I, and I think the brain trauma was from the actual trauma. Cause like your brain literally doesn't develop as well when you have like, like big, big traumas as a child. And so, um, yeah, it, it was just like one thing after the other. And I was always on like juice cleanses or smoothie cleanses and like eating gluten-free and like, sugar-free, um, paleo, like throughout my teens and, um, nothing, nothing made me feel better. Cause I feel like there was just so many components that needed addressing that weren't being addressed. Um, yeah, by the time I was 17, I was admitted in the hospital for like suicide. And I just remember feeling, feeling so hopeless because like the doctors there were like, you're going to be like struggling your whole life. Like that's like literally what they told me. Like you're going to have eating disorders for the rest of your life. You're going to be depressed for the rest of your life. Like you're always going to have to be on medicine for this. Um, and yeah, I just, 
it, it just felt like no matter what I was going to be suffering. And I just remember just like being like, I'm just going to drink a lot. So I just started drinking a lot, a lot, a lot. And that was my life until I moved to New York at like 19. And then I started seeing a naturopathic doctor there. And she basically just told me like, you know, like you're kind of counteracting everything you're doing with me with all this drinking. And um, yeah, so I, I slowed down on my drinking and then um, she got me off the Plaquenil. Um, yeah, I got my breast implants like a couple years before that, like when I was 17 and my health got drastically worse after uh, the breast implants. So yeah. Fast forward to 19, um, I'm in New York with my naturopathic doctor and she's just trying, she was just trying to treat everything as naturally as possible. Like, um, taking, um, like five HTP at night for the depression, taking a lot of probiotics, addressing the gut. Um, and yeah, I felt a little bit better. I can only imagine what an emotional roller coaster that is, but that feeling of like, when the hell do I get a break? Right. Like when yeah. I'm doing all the things, like I'm behaving, like, what am I doing wrong? You know, like I can only imagine how frustrated or hopeless it felt for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, I internalized so much, like I internalized just, I, I think I just felt like damaged. You know what I mean? Like everybody around me is like just so lighthearted. And I, it just felt like this heavy burden I was always carrying. And um, yeah, it, it rippled out into my self-esteem and with dating. And uh, I, I made a lot of poor choices because I just really identified so much with being flawed or, or broken or something. When you say it, it affected your relationships too, do you feel like you chose partners that reflected that back to you? Oh yeah. I, I definitely dated guys that were emotionally unavailable and um, just, they, they always had issues with their mom, which to me represents like the feminine, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, it was just always like a different guy, but same story. Yeah. So you got Lyme disease again. And then was there a breakthrough? Was there kind of a moment where things turned, the tides turned? Yeah, I, um, when I moved to New York at like 19 and I started seeing that natural doctor, her, her best friends were all like psychic healers of some sorts. And they had like the most like psychedelic business cards. And I just remember being like, oh my God, I, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to make an appointment <laughs> with all these people. And so I did. And they, one of them in particularly was like, you are a healer. Like you're not just meant to receive energy healing from me. You're, me you're meant to learn this. And she took me on as like her first student ever. And she was like late sixties, early seventies. And um, I used to go to like her, her Brooklyn apartment and just learn like energy healing. And there was a part of me that like, I was just so fascinated by magic and by energy healing. And 
even though I was drinking at the time and making poor choices, that was like my lighthouse. You know, that was, I actually saw my power in that. And I saw like my purpose in that no matter how dark, um, you know, things felt with my health or with my poor choices with drinking and men, uh, that was something that I could be like, oh, I'm, I'm actually really good at this. And I know, I know one day I can help people. Um, but yeah, I studied that throughout my late teens and my twenties. And by the time I was 24, I was dating, um, this guy who was like my six year boyfriend and he was drinking and drugging a lot. And I just felt like that was probably my rock bottom, you know, was being with him and receiving like his anger. And um, we were living together and a hurricane flooded our house five feet and we lost everything we, we owned. And this is like a month after I got like diagnosed with Lyme again. And I had Bartonella, Babesia, like a few strains of EBV, um, <laughs> so many other cat, oh wait, cat scratch fever is Bartonella. Um, I think that was all I knew I had then. And then I learned more about more, more things later, but, um, yeah, I didn't even tie in breast implant illness at this point, but I just, I was like, uh, I couldn't take care of myself. And then the storm came and just, uh, took all of our belongings and yeah, I just, I, we ended up moving into this apartment next to a yoga studio and I, I'd only been lifting weights at that point. And I just remember like going to this yoga studio and like within the first class, I was just like sobbing on the ground. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I only like meditated and did energy healing, but that just like completely opened me up. Wow. And I, it led me to just coming back home to myself and then through that process, breaking up with that guy and completely changing my life. How incredible, because it's really cool when you talk about your story, one of the components that you mentioned is like spirit, right? So you learned energy healing, you resonated with it and it was like, basically the non-physical aspect of healing. And then you stumbled upon this yoga studio and here was like the embodied component, right? Of healing. So I think it's very fascinating that it's those two things that really had such an impact on you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I tried so many supplements and so many like diets or food changes and I bought a $5,000 water machine. Um, you know, I've, I've done so many different things and to me, like finding my true pace to be a human has probably been like the most healing thing. Like, I feel like the energy healing, the yoga showed me like the, my true pace at which I'm supposed to move. And it's a lot slower than, than what I thought. I love that so much. And even slowing down just that in itself, it sounds so simple. First of all, it's challenging. Sometimes it's not easy, especially with the fast paced world we live in and just everything that's going on and on and on. But I also just love the idea of 
it, if you just, even just slowing down all the other things, like th there's other ways to embody feminine energy, but even if you just take that one piece, that's already such a powerful part of feminine energy is slowing down and listening, right? Listening to your body, listening to spirit, listening to whatever comes through. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like if there was something I could take away from this journey, it was tapping into my feminine energy. And I really feel like that's where my magic lies, um, especially with business. Um, Cause I used to be really like working in fashion. I used to just force and strive and effort a lot. And I actually realized like I, I receive more by just um, working more on my energy and letting spirit do the rest. Mm. And do you feel like even those women who are in a field that is fast paced, do you feel like they can be successful in their feminine, like as uh, embodying that feminine energy? Um, yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's different for all of us, but yeah, I know a lot of women that they, they can still like be like super fast paced in, in the hustle, but in a way that's like honoring their body, you know, I don't desire to work like that. So <laughs> I don't, but, um, yeah, you can still be in, in integrity with yourself and your body and your yes and, and your no, and, and still, you know, hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love it too, because one of the things you mentioned is like being in your body. So what does that look like? Because I know that's something really big that you teach and that you embody yourself is, is really being able to sit in the body, move in the body, um, get out of the mind and into the body. So kind of what does that look like? Yeah, sometimes like when I'm like dealing with things that I don't want to be dealing with, um, those are always like opportunities to, to deeply receive like what is right in front of you. And so I used to get really frustrated, like in long lines or like traffic or even like the heat outside used to like really annoy me, like just sweating <laughs> when I didn't want to be sweating. And yeah, it's like when we can really, really fine tune our ability to just receive what is right in front of us and be present with whatever is right in our path. It, it really expands our capacity to hold the good things too, like our desires as well. Um, one of the ways I, I do that is by literally just feeling whatever my feet are feeling. And really just tuning into like the sensation of like my tailbone on my chair or my feet on the ground and just taking a minute to just really receive my environment and, and just accept whatever is happening right now. Even, uh, <laughs> even if it kind of isn't always the most pleasurable, you know, like if things are frustrating with work or um, those are all just opportunities to to be even more anchored in this now moment. I love that a lot. And I think it's something everybody can practice is just literally feeling like the, your feet, the sensation of your feet under the ground and 
Yes. You're you and sitting. And I think also like not acknowledging the support that's there, you know, you mentioned the quantum field. Can you talk a little bit about the quantum field? Because I know I kind of want to mention a talk a little bit about quantum energy healing as well. So what is the quantum field? Yeah. So the quantum field to me, it feels like when people talk about the universe, which is like a little bit different than God. Um, <laughs> at least to me. So the quantum field is like this field of potentiality where like anything and everything is possible. And it's responding to your subconscious beliefs and the energy that you're radiating out. And so this is why um, this, and there, there's been like studies in quantum physics that talk about this. I believe it's like the double slit theory where they've proven that like literally just somebody observing this this test that they were doing it shifts it off alters the way that atoms move and so that's that's the theory here is that your consciousness and the energy that you're embodying and radiating out it it shifts the way reality moves your reality moves so we all have our own little realities going on at the same time. And so working with the quantum is really fine tuning, like, who are you being? Like, what are you embodying? Like, what are you, um, what energy are you radiating off? Because that is, um, and also what are you believing as well? Because that frequency is like rippling out and then the quantum field just like mirrors it all back to you. So I had this interesting experience last week where I literally almost like fell in love with this guy, or at least my body was, <laughs> my body was telling me yes. And um, he, there was a few things that weren't in congruence with like my core values and what I deeply desire in a man, but he had all the other things that I were just a fuck yes for me. And I just got to know him a little bit more and he's like an Aquarius and I'm an Aquarius moon. So we were just like shitting rainbows together. <laughs> like nothing ever happened like physically, but we were just vibing so hard. And, um, and then he, I started to talk to him and I started to listen to him talk about the feminine and his relationship to his ex and, there was just some distortion there that wasn't in congruence with like how, how my partner, my future partner treats a woman, you know, like I, I really desire a man that holds a lot of reverence for partnership. And so I broke it off and I told the quantum field that I was like, I love all these qualities, but here's like what I don't desire and I'm not available for this. And literally like three days later, a beautiful man comes in with like <laughs> the qualities that I do want. So that's just an example of like working with the quantum field. You can, it's kind of like magic. And it's, it's also just knowing that the universe desires to work and co-create with you. And, um, and it, it just, it comes back to like, what are you available for? And so I used to be available for like the almost good enough men or business situations and now I'm just fully like not available for almost or less than so yeah that's amazing I love that you 
are sharing this because we talk about manifestation on, on this podcast a lot. And I think how you explained it is such a clear way. The idea that if you are making room for something that isn't really what you truly desire, it's kind of taking up that energy and that space in the place of what you really want, right? So something less than is you know, I don't like the word settling because I think that's kind of a loaded term, but I also feel like in a way it is settling to accept something that you are, you're worthy of more than that, or you can have more than that. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, I used to really embody like the people pleaser and like the nice girl. And I, I didn't realize that I could aim like I I don't know if aim higher is the right word but really call in what I deserve I thought that was that was being um asking for too much or being like a brat or having too high of standards when in reality my past shows me I I settled in relationships so many times and it didn't go well (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah it's so interesting because you're always going to create or co-create kind of what you believe you're worthy of or what you believe you can have. And I, I love that we're having this conversation because I also feel like this is not only pertinent to relationships, but also to the level of wellness and well-being that you have within your body. And I know you've talked about like quantum healing and quantum energy healing. So how does that kind of work with the quantum field, that healing process? Yeah, so um, I got really clear on my desires, which obviously were to heal my body. And I started doing like these self-hypnosis. I would record them on GarageBand and then I would listen to them. And basically I would take myself to like future timelines and then um, merge myself with them now. And that, it sounds really complex, but it, I didn't realize it was kind of like self-hypnosis. You're basically just showing your brain images of your desires. So mine was my desired healing and really feeling and seeing like myself run, you know, and seeing like the, what it would look like and my feet on the ground and seeing myself lift weights again, which to me symbolizes like optimal health. Um, I would see my skin really, really clear Um, and just like having a lot of energy. So like jumping around, being silly and just showing my brain all the possibilities. Um, And yeah, I would, there would be moments where I would just forget I was sick, you know, because my brain had just had these experiences of me being well. And um, I, I truly believe like we can, we can change, we can change so much by showing our brain other realities and other possibilities. And um, we all have this ability and the brain is just a taskmaster. So if you're constantly feeding it the program or the visual or the story that I'm sick and this sucks, your brain's just going to find more evidence of that. And so if it doesn't mean you need to like strive for perfect positivity, but if you can just spend like 10, 15, 20 minutes a day of showing your brain another reality, uh, it'll eventually override the the story of like, I'm sick. It'll go from I'm sick to I'm healing. 
and then I'm healing too. I'm healed, you know. Mm-hmm. For some people, that illness or that condition or that issue, whether it's like a physical manifestation or just something that's super um, emotionally um, manifested, that is such a part of their identity. Like it just feels like this is who I am. And I'm really scared to be something else because what if it's not as, what if I, I'm not lovable that way? Or what if I, I fail or whatever that looks like? Like, what would you tell people in that situation? Yeah, I feel that. I, uh, I used to like, (laughs) just read a lot about eating disorders and there's like a whole like eating disorder community. And like, if you say something wrong, you get like canceled. And then once I realized I had Lyme disease, there's this whole Lyme disease community where like, uh, it, it's just kind of like uh, people feeding off of each other's pain stories. And, and then I found out about the breast implant illness community and it was the same way. Um, and I, I really feel like when you're, I don't know if it's when you're sick or if you already have, if you're already susceptible to this, but it's like this deep desire to like belong to something. Um, and, and I feel like with illness that can definitely manifest. Uh, I found myself doing that cause I started following all these Lyme disease accounts and like all these women that had Lyme disease and I, you know, and like, it's just like these little subconscious things we do and, um, which are innocent in nature, but it can become toxic when it's like all you see, that's all you're feeding your brain with, or like you can create that, that dopamine within yourself from feeding yourself with stories of healing, you know, and visuals of healing. Um, what I would say to somebody that is really wrapped up in that identity is just like, when you have a cold, you don't say like, I'm, I, I'm a cold. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a sneeze. <laughs> I'm a cough. <laughs> so like, I used to be like, oh yeah, my Lyme disease. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't want to claim, I don't want to claim that or like my childhood sexual trauma. Like I don't want it to be like this thing I'm carrying around. And we don't realize like how powerful our words are. So I started saying like, I'm experiencing Lyme disease or I, I've suffered from Lyme disease or I've, uh, I had Lyme disease. Like I, I have been saying I had Lyme disease for years, even though like I was still dealing with it because I was like, I just don't want to claim this. Um, yeah. And I, I think we don't realize we're always programming ourselves. So it's either in the direction of healing or in the direction of, of illness. Mm-hmm. Oh, so powerful. Uh, you mentioned your, um, your breast implants And I would love to talk about that a little bit as well. You recently had an explant. So you had surgery to remove your breast implants. Can you talk a little bit about that journey and and what that looked like and felt like? Yeah. So I did not realize how toxic these things were. Like I, I just, it went straight over my head. Like within a few months of getting them in, I had these reoccurring uh, bladder infections that I could not get rid of. Like I had to like go to a bladder specialist and do all this really uncomfortable testing, like them shoving tubes up my like pee hole. And yeah, so horrible. And um, 
yeah, and like being on antibiotics for for years, thinking like that was the answer. Um, that's this is before my natural doctor, and yeah, if I had coffee or anything, it would just turn into like the worst. Like if I had to pee, it would just like hurt so 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 bad, and then. Yeah, I just noticed like I started get to get like really lightheaded if I stood up, like I started to feel weaker, more fatigued. Like I went from running and lifting weights like a lot, a lot to slowing down a little bit. And then um, once I got reinfected with Lyme at 24, I, I really started to feel like worn out. And um, I made the mistake of going vegan and to me, that was probably like the worst decision I made through all of this um, because I started to waste, my muscles started to waste away and I started to put on body fat that I never had before. Um, I started to break out really bad, which to me was like sugar because like all you're taking in is like, even if it is fruit, you know, like, and if you're sensitive like me, I, I guess it doesn't take that much to bring your sugar levels out of balance. But um yeah, the breast implants. I mean, it, to me, it, my mom had Lyme disease, Bartonella, EBV, mold, heavy metals, but still she, her energy levels were drastically better than mine. She tested positive for osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and she still would be like, like painting furniture, like doing like house remodeling and all this stuff. And I would just be like on the couch spaced out, like I didn't realize I was having dysautonomia, which is like ataxia, which is like many like neurological flare-ups, uh, sometimes really scary, like almost like little seizures. And then um, that to me was definitely from like the breast implant illness and the mold. Um, and I was drinking Kangen water, which was just like literally sucking this stuff out of my cells. To me, it happened way too fast because I, I didn't know that this water was like that powerful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got so incredibly ill towards the end of having my breast implants. I was losing my period. Um, I had the worst acne I've ever seen on any human being ever. <laughs> and I had no, no energy at all. Like at all. I didn't even recognize myself. And when did you have like the realization that it was the breast implants? Like, when did you, when were you like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. So I did Cambo, Combo, it's like frog poison. Mm -hmm. And immediately after I was like, I have to get my breast implants out. And then I ignored it. And then I saw this medical medium. Her name is Rachel Kirkland, I think. Um, I'll, I can put her, give you her uh, Instagram, but yeah, she was like, I just, she went into my body and she was like, yeah, everything's coming from your chest. She was like, I see like these little like bacterias and like little like squirmy things just like coming from your chest. And so I was like, okay, that's my breast implants. And so I got a thermography scan and um, my, my whole torso was just lit up with inflammation from like medium inflammation to all the way to like really scary to the white zone, which is like beyond the red zone. And, 
I had all these cysts in my breast. My it showed a little bit of my thyroid that was super inflamed, and um, yeah, it was just like I obviously need to get my breast implants out. And around the same time, I tested positive for mold toxicity and heavy metals. And then I found out that breast implants are made of heavy metals, and they also uh, create the acne bacteria. Um, so yeah, all these things just started to connect. I started to connect the dots and I was like, this is probably the missing link that I'd been searching for, for so long. And so I got them out and my period started to come back heavy. Um, I started to like actually bleed before it was like, I could wear like a couple tampons and after that it would hurt. Um, and yeah, I, my skin has calmed down drastically and yeah, I'm just, I feel like I'm starting to get my strength back, like my physical stamina. Wow. What a story. And in a way it's like, thank God that you, that you were open to seeking out guidance because combo and then also the medical medium that you worked with it's not the traditional route that a lot of people go right I think uh, most people have a western doctor and so you might not have gotten that feedback from necessarily that doctor but kind of going and thinking out of the box in a way but then also kind of being in that I suppose feminine energy to receive the answers to like okay I need guidance or I'm asking for guidance. Like what is, what is your guidance spirit or whatever that is the universe. Um, and so what was the process for you? Like when you got them removed from kind of preparing and then deciding on where to go and then also the recovery process, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I, uh, I, fast, I, I like booked the session with this doctor named, oh, wow. I already forgot his name. It was such a quick interaction. <laughs> um, anyways, I booked this. He's like one of the best doctors in the country for explant. And he actually will not put breast implants in anybody. That's all he does is explant. And uh, yeah, he ended up just being like an hour away from where I was living and I set up my appointment and he was like, yeah, you're definitely, not, these are definitely not supporting your health at all. And um, I was already taking binders and like really supportive uh, detoxing protocol. And so my body was already like purging before and I did the surgery and I stopped all the detoxing. Um, I, I was drinking a little bit of Kangen water, but I was keeping it on like the neutral setting for the most part. And I just ate really clean. Um, it, it was really painful, like the scar tissue. Mm. It, they have to like recut you open. And sometimes it's a lot bigger than before. And my doctor who put them in lied to me and put bigger breasts in me. So the incisions ended up having to be bigger because like he told me he put like uh, 235 cc's and it was like over 300 is crazy. And um, does yeah. that happen a lot? I don't know. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Wow. Definitely. I feel like that's kind of like the 
thing where doctors, if you tear or if they cut you when you're birthing, they make you tighter. Like they sew you up. Have you heard of that? It, It used to happen a lot and they would sew women smaller than they were before. And I feel like that it's a similar kind of insidious evil thing. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) that is so crazy. Uh, But yeah, the recovery process, I had to have these tubes inside of me for, I think, almost a week and a half. And those were pretty disgusting. I had to like empty them out every day. And then I... I pulled them out myself and they were like probably about like eight inches on each boob of just tube. And so I, that was pretty disgusting, (laughs) but other than that, it, it was a pretty easy recovery process. I could tell my body was pretty fatigued, like looking back at photos, just like my face and my eyes. Um, but I, I just feel like I have like my old self back, you know, not having these breast implants. Um, and yeah, I, I re- I'm a firm believer that they shouldn't be in anybody's body. Mm. What have you noticed um, kind of more specifically, like, have you noticed a change in energy, a change in your skin, anything that uh, feels really tangible? Yeah. So my skin at the end was getting so dry. Like I still kind of have it. It's only been like two or three months since explant, but all right here, uh, I'd have, I had like this rosacea type, not rosacea. What is it called? Eczema right here. That would just flake, Mm -hmm. literally just flake in between my eyebrows, Mm -hmm. no matter what, like no matter what moisturizer I used. And um, all my skin was just so incredibly dry and patchy and filled with just rosacea. It was just like red all the time. And now it's finally starting to get oily again. I would never thought I would ever be happy about having oily skin, but it's it's coming back, you know, like just like that glow. Um, and I still kind of have this eczema right here, but it's more manageable. And the rosacea only really flares up around my period. Um, But yeah, overall, um, I'm most happy about my period coming back because I really want to have children one day. And that's really important to me. And I I feel like the breast implants were just messing with my period so much. And the detox process afterwards were there things that, and I know you said binders and you really had kind of a really good detox protocol beforehand. Was there anything afterwards that you did to kind of help your body detox from, because even though you have the implants removed, right, your body still has the yucky stuff that it's kind of like needs to get rid of. So was there anything you did specifically for that? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Cellcore right now. And I, I started it about six or six to eight weeks after explant. And that has completely changed my life. Like it addresses all the things I was doing with my functional medicine doctor, but I just stopped seeing her because I still felt like that, that little bit of like arrogance with like the Western medicine, like she, she didn't really, uh, 
listen to what I had to say, you know, and she was really adamant about spending six months just treating mold. And I had all these other things going on as well. And I feel like cell core is just more comprehensive and tackles uh, a few things at the same time. And I don't feel like there's any Herxheimer detox reaction that is, that is as like the, the reaction I was having with my functional medicine doctor was just so intense, the detox symptoms. And this is a lot more manageable. Mm. And you mentioned kind of that feeling of, you know, not being really heard with your doctor when I know this is something that might come up for your clients, but really like looking for practitioners who support you or even resources like Cellcore who support you. What do you look for personally when you're looking for somebody to guide you with your body? Yeah, I, I love when they really validate my experience and um there's no like subtle subtle like condescending like almost like a gaslighting type of feeling you know and or hierarchy um where the the client is the expert of their own body and yeah I really honor doctors that can can hold space for their clients like that. Mm, Like it's like you're an equal, you know? Yes. Yes. When you, as you're recovering, do you have kind of an idea of how long this recovery process is for explant? Um, They say for as many years that you had them in, that's your detox will be that many months Mm. or it might be double that. (laughs) like what they say when you break up with someone they're like okay it's gonna take you like half the time you were with that person to like get over them exactly (laughs) yeah I'm not sure if that's accurate but I've heard that it does take time just because the implants mess with your hormones so much like more than we even even really know Mm um and yeah like even just Sometimes after a workout, like my boobs will like sweat a smell that I've like never smelled on myself before. It's like not even like body odor. It's it's kind of like, it's just like, uh, kind of like metally. It's so weird. Wow. It's not coming from my armpits because I wear like, I know what my deodorant smells like. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely detoxing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How cool though, because, and and I love how you have shared so much of your journey because there's so many women out there. So (laughs) full disclosure, I used to work at Hooters and I was probably one of the only girls that worked there that didn't have implants. And I remember being like, like, I didn't, I never had kind of the desire to get them. I I liked my boobs. They're great. They look nice, but working there, I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of like, their their breasts are beautiful. Like I'm thinking, do I want you know to get breast implants? And I never ended up getting them. But I think there are so many women out there who have breast implants. So 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 many, and it's kind of like a tattoo when you get them. For a lot of women, you're such a different person than you are 
you know, 10 years later. And if they are costing you your health, it's really something to consider. Like, do I still want these? Do I still need these for myself? Or is it something that I can let go of and choose something that feels healthier, choose something that feels more supportive of who I am now? So I think it's probably a different question for everybody, like a different answer. But I I think it's really powerful just because your journey and sharing your journey has really, I'm sure, inspired other people to just ask themselves that question even. Yeah, I get a lot of women that say like, oh, I'm about to go get a consultation to get my breast implants in or something like that. And I can't help but like just share the ingredients and it's, yeah, like we shouldn't have heavy metals in our body and all the other crazy things that are in there and heavy metals, they also cause like autism, you know? So like, I, I just felt so, so dumb by the end of my journey, you know, my breast implant journey. Cause I, the brain fog, mm-hmm. like even just on a circulation level, like thinking about how the lymph, builds up around your boobs and then your circulation slows down like and that kind of blocks your circulation to your brain like yeah I there's just so many things that go into it that we don't think about we just think it's about big boobs but um, like my sister still has hers in and she has a flat mood which is what I had towards the end of my breast implants like numb feeling emotionally like brain fog um poor circulation issues and she's only like 37 you know and I, I'm 28 like we shouldn't we shouldn't be having these issues yeah it's incredible too because I think the whole idea of like this one thing it's exacerbating all these other things so you like mentioned mold you mentioned just brain fog and all of these all of these issues that there are other causes in our environment as well, because unless we live in like a forest, right? Like we're living with pollution, air pollution, uh, toxins, whatever that looks like. And I, even the, the ones of us who try really hard, <laughs> there's still factors that we can't really avoid all the time. So then this one thing that's just making all, all of that worse, it's just such a big thing. It seems like a small thing, but it's such a big thing. Yeah, definitely. It's like, you literally have like an implant that is toxic in you, you know, and it only becomes more toxic over time. And um, yeah, I wish I would have known sooner because I probably would have saved a lot of money from all the functional medicine doctors, like naturopaths. Um, I went to like one of the top Lyme disease doctors, which uh, spent like almost 20k just with him you know like just thinking about all the money I spent when a lot of my symptoms could have gone down just from not having implants just because of the inflammation the lymph and all all of that Mm -hmm. yeah well I'm really excited that you're on the other side of it and I think it's really powerful that you're sharing your story If somebody is listening to this and they're considering getting breast implants, what would you tell them? Um, I would, I think it's breastimplantillness.com. They have the ingredient list and you can see all of the ingredients and all the different types of breast implants. 
And to me, um, yeah, I would just recommend doing your research so you know what you're putting in your body and also knowing that, um, like, they, they tell you to change them out every 10 years for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. that's because they become more toxic over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would just say to do your research. Mm. So now that you've kind of come to this place and you're this incredible embodiment mentor and you've been on this very incredible journey, what do you feel like you've taken away from this healing journey that you've been on for so long? Yeah, I have definitely taken away just the belief and the knowing that you can heal from anything and completely change your life. Um, I bought into like what that psychologist said to me, like, you're going to suffer from this for forever. I bought into that for a while, but my life became a lot more magical and, and, and enjoyable whenever I bought into the reality that any, I can change anything that I want to, like, I'm going to hold this vision of my healing, even if I'm in the midst of chaos, you know, and, um, we really can create our own reality and I'm definitely living proof of that. Amen. So (laughs) well, I have three questions that I ask all of my guests. So the first one is what is your definition of beauty? Um, I would say simplicity and subtleties. Mm. I love it because it's such a simple, (laughs) simple answer. It's beautiful. What is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Mm. Inner or outer. I would say living in gratitude literally just lights you up from the inside out. And I I believe it creates radiance. Mm. Love it. And where can people find you? Um, On Instagram at Natalie Tor. They wouldn't let me put the S. I'm Natalie Torres. (laughs) T-O-R-R-E. Amazing. I will put your links in the show notes. And thank you so much for being an amazing guest. I can't wait to share this with everyone. So thank you for having me. If you loved this episode, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health and beauty, and it helps this podcast grow. If you share your favorite takeaways from this episode on Instagram, please make sure to tag me so I can reshare. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.